You can always get what you want. Hello, welcome to the Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. It's day 72 and thank you if you're a returning listener and welcome if you're a new listener and extra special double helpings of thank yous if you've shared the podcast. I appreciate it. I've decided that from today I'm going to switch off ads because, you know, you get advertised at all the bloody time anyway. I'm not going to advertise at you. So you will notice there was not one at the beginning of this episode and there will not be one at the end. Hooray! So let's start with the theme of today is you can't always get what you want. But if you know the song, you might just find you get what you need, you see. And it ties in really well with what's been going on generally today and on the Village Facebook page and on the piece that I'm going to share with you from Reasons to be Cheerful Rides Again, which you can buy on Amazon if you like. Well, stay here and listen to me. Um, so just loveliness on the Village page today. And there are some people that are helping some refugees and they've been looking for support. And one of the things that they've asked for is some high-backed booster seats to help um, transport some children. And people are like, yes, yes, I have. Yes, you can have mine. Let me help you. We will help. Um, and it's just awesome to see so much help and kindness and support from people that want to rally around and um, reach out to others. So good times and generous vibes on the village page and in general on my Facebook feed, seeing loads of that. Um, and just despite everything that's going on, it reassures you that underneath it all, most people are good, aren't they? Um, so let's have a look at why I think um, the way that I grew up and the way that my children are growing up sometimes presents a bit of challenge for me as a parent. So I'm just going to crack on with this one. I've been told that I'm a less than desirable parent by my children on more than one occasion. Yes, I mean, to the extent where actually after one outburst, one of my children wrote me an apology. Mm, yes, I was accused of being a seriously deficient parent. So you won't be surprised to learn that um, it coincides with the times when my children have been told no. So this piece here relates to when they were little, but I'm telling you, it still stands today. I said no to a substandard coat that my daughter fell in love with. God, I remember that. It's in Debenhams. It was ropey. But I knew would fall to bits within a week. I said no to my son watching Dragon Ball Z Kai. <laughs> I mean, today that would translate into telling him he can't watch um, Family Guy and the Inbetweeners. I've said no to them eating chocolate at breakfast time. Sometimes this is accompanied by tears and tantrums and other times by the classic, it's so unfair. On the occasions when we've tried to explain to the children how fortunate they are, this has led to further arguments, frustrated negotiations and either me or my husband uttering the line that I hated to hear as a child because I said so. I remember my dad used to go out go for a walk and we say where are you going and he'd say to see how far it is it used to drive me wild with, with childish rage but where to see how far it is oh what a killer line and what a switch for causing your child to get even more upset because they realize they are not in control so what to do 
We are very fortunate as a family not to be in the position that my parents found themselves in, where illness and redundancy made the household budget so small that when we ran out of things, usually sugar, I don't know why it was always that, we would have to borrow some from our neighbours until more money can be found. It was a shameful experience being sent round to ask our lovely neighbour Iris again for a cup of silver spoon, again, or toilet roll, again, but it did teach me that good neighbours are a truly precious thing and to always, always help other people out if you can. If we run out of anything in our house today, it's because the children have voracious appetites and my slapdash approach to shopping rather than lack of funds is what means that stuff goes on the list for the next big shop. The contrast between my childhood experience and theirs is marked and I'm left wondering what it means to understand no because you simply don't have enough money versus no because your parents are trying to raise you to appreciate that just because there's a cupboard full of food you don't need to invade it every 10 minutes like a couple of mangy foxes. I mean times that by 20 now they're teenagers it's just like they're roaming the whole time. I want food. If there is no struggle does it dampen their ability to strive? Are we at risk of creating adults that behave like chicks waiting to be fed? It leaves me feeling frequently torn. On the one hand, I want to give the children everything I possibly can. But on the other hand, I desperately want to avoid them turning into Veruca Salt. And as much as Mr. Kent and I fill their lives with love and opportunities and experiences that help them broaden their horizons, build confidence and help them to learn, it doesn't stop them wanting everything they see in the shops, on TV or that their friends have. <laughs> oh, you can tell where this is written. And then they see the Argos catalogue. Oh, I used to love the Argos catalogue. At which point our childhoods converge and they too grab a biro and circle absolutely everything they see. That became a thing at my mum's house when I used to go and visit her. She'd give them an Argos catalogue. That was it. They would like the telly would be on with like Children's Network or they could sit with the Argos catalogue. Get them entertained for hours. This becomes even more acute as we walk the tightrope of expectation and anticipation that is the run-up to Christmas. But I'm not sweating it as thankfully, huh, when I wrote this, we were a household that still believed in Father Christmas. I tell you what the issue is there though, families do Father Christmas differently. I mean, they don't do Father Christmas, that sounds wrong. Um, but we found ourselves in a predicament one year. So my husband grew up believing that Father Christmas brought the stocking and your parents or whoever else in your family did the rest, which is a great system. I don't really remember it. Our Christmas presents often were in dustbin liners. <laughs> dustbin liners were used for lots of things in my house or they'd all be downstairs. And so we were just so excited that we would like run into the living room and rip everything open. I don't remember that sort of anticipation of Father Christmas, but we took my husband's family tradition. So you get the glory for the big stuff. But then one child that my son went to school with got the Lego Death Star for Christmas and was told it was from Father Christmas. So our son was devastated because he read the Argos catalogue and knew that these cost like, they were like £250. And he was like, well, haven't I been a good boy? Why did Father Christmas only bring me an annual and a selection box? So, you know, word to the wise there. Um, at least make sure you are synced up with other parents on what the Father Christmas deal is in their house. Um, so we've moved on from that. But at that point in time, they were thankful for what Father Christmas decided to bring them. 
and bowed down to his knowledge of what makes for a good present, rather than having a nervous breakdown for the want of a £2.99 magazine with a piece of tat on the front cover. It's intriguing how the idea of a person is more powerful than a real one. Uh, <laughs> Organised religion, anyone? But hey, if it works, then we'll keep the magic going for them until they're 20. Do you know what? That Father Christmas magic lasted until... Well, see, my daughter was told in year one by a friend, oh, no, Father Christmas doesn't exist. Uh, but we did manage to re-establish her faith in that until... Uh, they kind of they kind of get it when they're about nine or ten, don't they? Maybe a bit sooner. They know. They know. And we didn't want our kids to go to secondary school believing in Father Christmas. So, you know, we had to have the conversation. And I do remember our son when he you know finally knew that Father Christmas was just a big lie it, it his issue was not the fact that Father Christmas didn't exist he said to us you've been lying to me for all these years um yeah just massive massive liars you know you get the classic the ice cream van song means that the ice cream man has run out um, we also, up until recently, told our kids that the hairy bikers were married to each other. <laughs> they believed it. Um, so anyway, I digress. Um, so what I was saying here really was that, okay, we were happy back then that um, the man in the red suit took the strain of giving the children what they wanted and the heat if they were disappointed, which was leaving us free to get on with giving them what they need. Yeah, um, I struggle often um, with the thought, or there's the thought plays in my mind a lot that when you grow up with nothing, when you grow up in difficult circumstances, you really, for me, it meant I realised that nobody was going to do anything for me. So I arranged my own parties for my 16th, 18th, and 21st. Um, I paid for my own driving lessons. I paid my rent when I left home. You know, I knew that nobody else would do that for me. And I started working when I was like 13 because I knew if I wanted, you know, to be able to go out, I had to pay for that myself. And for actually my daughter works now, but you know, when, when you don't grow up with struggle and I wouldn't want my kids to grow up with anything like the situation that I grew up in, which is, you know, the whole part of my life story, I guess, what the reason I do the things I do, apart from taking myself out of a place that wasn't great for me, was to make sure that as and when I had children, they would grow up with financial and emotional security, which is preferential, isn't it, really? But yeah, I wonder, I'd love to hear your thoughts in missing that element of struggle does it impact their ability to strive? Answers on a postcard, please. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Maybe something to think about. Get in touch. It's lovely to hear from you. If you want to get in touch on my socials, on Facebook, it's at Tony J Kent. And on Instagram, it's at Tony underscore J underscore Kent. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I'll be back with you tomorrow. And there's not going to be an advert after this. Goodbye.